Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. Pastor Scott here again with Pastor Jim. Yes. Hey, Jim. Hi, Scott. How's your week going? Um, um, it's confused so far. How's it's yours? confused. <laughs> uh, well, now that you mention it, I'm not sure that's how I would have described it, but now I really resonate with it. Many, many of my weeks are confused. I don't, uh, I mean, I'm confused about that. I don't quite know why. Well, it's Wednesday. We're recording this on a, yes. on a, on a Wednesday. Uh, midweek. Yep. Um, just, just had Halloween. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm dating this. I probably shouldn't date it, but Halloween on a, <laughs> Halloween on a Monday was a bummer. How so? It just it doesn't belong on a on a Monday night. Oh, I see. Like it belongs yeah. on a on a Saturday, on a Friday. Yeah, good just, point. Yeah. Like you get through the weekend, and then there, there's like yeah. no after a Monday. There's no time to set up. There's no time to get ready. There's no time to recover. You just yeah. Maybe maybe Halloween's a little bit intense for me. And, I need to set up and recover. But and you got school kids on Tuesday exactly. who are you know like you know sugared out, and they're also yeah we're up to midnight. That's a good point. You of all the point. things that we've made national holidays. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fact that we haven't figured this out uh-huh. with the night that every kid yeah. goes out and gets sugared up super late. Yep. Anyways. Oh, no. um, That's what we do in America. We uh, screw everything up, but we oh. have fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great a, time. Okay. Well, that <laughs> might be our lead in. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Two cornerstone history. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> the yes, history indeed. of America yeah. and cornerstone history. So as uh, as we've been doing, this is our fourth now installment yeah. in cornerstone history, and it's been a while since we've uh, had an opportunity to talk talk about this. But we're going to be diving into a, a bit of a new era. We're going to be covering yes. it over a few different episodes. Um, but before we do that, I want to stop and look back at the previous era because we spent the last episode talking about Dr. Thomas yes. and, and, and the kind of the era of the life of the church um, when he was pastoring here. And during that time, I mean, he was here a long time. He was, was it yes. 30 years? Uh, yes. Okay. And, and he left in 69, I think. Uh, no, no. Uh, 70. 77. 77. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So he left in, in 77. And so, but before we move on to what came after that, I, I, I know we had talked about this a little bit. It might be helpful to just look back and consider where was the church at, at that point? Mm-hmm. What was the, what were the characteristics of the church and kind of coming out of that, that time, that season, that era in the church? Um, you know, what, what were things like? You know, I, I think I'm wrong about about the d- uh, date. I think it was before that. Am I right? Seventy seven. No, that's right. That, no, that's, that's what right. I had. That's, that's right. what I had when, in right. our previous conversation. Right. I think that's right. what I had. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm getting confused at my prayer confusion uh, <laughs> because it was two years, and then and then Huber came yeah, in seventy nine. Seventy nine. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right, okay. Right. I was thinking it came in. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Right. Okay. Right. What was your question again? <laughs> uh, so, so nineteen seventy seven. Yes. Where Where's the church at at the end of this 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 era, the the, yeah. the Thomas era? What What are things? What's the community like? What's the the church like? It's It's been a long season for the church. Uh, Doctor Thomas, um, the whole uh, aftermath of World War Two. The, the church has been through a long series. I mean, we we look at our country. It's the same thing, right? The 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 Great Depression followed by a world war, mm. um, and then in the 50s, uh, the, the 
communist scare, uh, Korea, um, and people trying very hard to make life as normal as they can, uh, and especially having kids, which meant baby boomers, mm. what we call now, looking back in history, this huge ballooning of the number of children. Mm. And uh, I was part of that. And I remember in my high school, they had uh, two different uh, schedules because there were so many kids. And even later, a third schedule was added. Uh, there were just kids everywhere. And so uh, that, that factored in as well. But uh, that's, that was what was going on mm. um, at that time. And those kids had grown up and become, you know, like uh, young people in their 20s and mm. uh, were entering the workforce and entering churches. And um, did, that was the beginning. Did the, did the sexual revolution of the 60s, I mean, I, it seems to me... <laughs> Well, I from missed what, it, but. From, <laughs> but from what I know about Dr. Thomas, yes, he's a pretty straight-laced guy. Yes, yes, he, very like kind of uh, military style. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to me like he would have jived with the kind of uh, hippie counterculture, or even maybe the Jesus culture. Did those two like overlap? Did they engage at all? Did the Jesus movement here? have any presence here at the church or were those two kind of separate things? They were separate things. And, and yeah, they didn't, it really did not. Uh, uh, I wasn't here for that, but I, yeah, as yeah. I understand it, uh, there were people who wanted to change the way the church uh, uh, dealt with uh, the, uh, students on campus and, and with uh, young people uh, to try to incorporate that and, and um, the leadership of the church was, was backing away from that. Mm. Um, and uh, th- there were other Christian movements among uh, college students. Mm. Uh, w- and some of those were, were fostered by churches like this one that were more conservative. And, and, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, th- that was a whole genre of, of strong movements of various types. Um, and uh, Christians were not, you know, uh, immune from that. Mm. But it was, it felt, as I understood it, I was not here at the time, but as I understood it, it, was, it felt like uh, that was uh, over the top. It was, it was too much. It was too emotional. It wasn't intellectual enough. It wasn't mm. clear enough on what you needed to do. And it was too focused on uh, uh, other factors uh, that uh, were coming into play on a large scale. Mm. Uh, music, um, uh, all kinds of uh, drugs beginning mm-hmm. to show up on campuses and uh, a, a large number of things. And, and in those days, it was, uh, there was um, a strong, I think, division in, mm. the, in the country at large um, so that uh, you, you had uh, movements that uh, were, were banned on campuses just like they were banned in churches mm. uh, because the campuses too were, were more... Uh, conservative than the than the the younger generation coming up uh, uh, thought was was appropriate for them, and so I mean I the, the sense I get was that and you you can correct me if I'm I'm wrong on this the sense I get is that there was this um, the the church grew and multiplied and sent out uh, missionaries mm-hmm. and, the, and mm-hmm. the Lord was doing some incredible things mm-hmm. in it um, as far as it related to the larger culture though and even some of the culture in the broader church though it it resisted a lot of those changes yes and was I, I would imagine coming out of this time in this through the 70s into the late 70s was kind of a, a 
standing as a bulwark of the old way of doing things, um, both in our kind of ecclesiologically, but also in relation to uh, the, 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 the Jesus movement, the different movements out there theologically, but also culturally. And, and like we've talked about in, in response to the civil rights movement, even mm-hmm. it, it was not a, the, the church community here wasn't leading the way of change. <laughs> No, it was it was trying to lead its the own op- way of change, I yeah. guess I'd say. But this goes back, you you uh, can think back to, like, look at the movies that, that came out in the uh, 40s, uh, and then in the late 40s, they began to change and became, they became more uh, focused on, like, uh, desperate people, fallen people, uh, a lot of tragic uh, kinds of movies made. Um, the, the music began to change. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the 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 changes were were cultural were culture wide, mm. um, and many uh, not just churches but many parts of the society uh, resisted those, and there there began to be this divide between the younger and the older mm. generations, not just in faith but in, in across the the, the uh, country. Okay, so 1977. Yeah, Dr. Thomas retires. Uh-huh. Right, and um, and he retires, at least to my understanding, without a clear kind of succession plan. Like That's it right. wasn't he didn't hand it over to the second in command. No, here he just retires. He just retires. and and the church goes through a couple of year process of uh, pastoral search. Yes, is that correct. yes, that's correct. Okay, uh-huh. um, what. Yeah, what was okay, yeah, where how would you describe and maybe we've done much, but how would you describe the the makeup or attitude of the church in those two years? You know, in this what was their sense of their self-identity and what were they looking for in the next pastor? Yeah, there there was a there was a sense of uh sort of a defensiveness um mm. because within the Christian uh, whatever you call it community or world um there, there, there were all kinds of different pastors who had all kinds of different uh, views on what the Bible said, what life mm-hmm. was like, what our culture was. And so they were looking uh, for someone who would follow in the same stream, same mindset as Dr. Thomas. Okay. Uh, and there were people out there like that. And to some extent, uh, George Huber uh, was one of those people. Um, uh, he didn't quite hold with Dr. Thomas, but he, he highly uh, revered him and, and uh, respected him. Uh, so they they actually were able to achieve their uh, desired goal, but they, they it was a long look because it was harder to find those people than it had been in the past. Hmm. What? Um, all right. So it gives me two questions. Well, yeah. One is it, it's interesting to me. Well, maybe a, an observation and a question. It, it's interesting to me that to remember that they had come through. Not only were these th- culture, things going on culturally, but they also come through in America, some really important theological battles as well. I, I mean, yeah. as you were talking, I, I remember now, this was the time where it was the battle for inerrancy, yeah. right? Where the, right. the Bible, the truth of the Bible was being actively attacked in a way that it hadn't before in, in kind of in our modern culture. Yes. And um, Dr. Thomas was trying to hold fast to the fact that the Bible is true. Yes. The Bible as revealed is, yes. is true. Um, and that yeah. wasn't, where the church was going to end up on that question wasn't a, a sure thing. That's correct. And, and uh, there was, I mean, that, that was a 
that was the headliner in, in, mm. uh, in some sense. That okay. was the, so the first question I asked of any candidate was, I mean, do, you, do you believe the Bible is the, the word of God, mm-hmm. uh, literally? And um, uh, that, uh, that was a, there were questions about people who wanted to hem and haw a bit on that. Mm. Uh, where, do, where do we fit them in? Do we want somebody who's you know, straight line on this or do we want somebody who uh, maybe uh, understands but ha- maybe has some variation on, on that? Um, and as I understand it, the, they were really looking for somebody who was right down the, you know, the very narrow road. Yeah. It was very hard to find. Yeah, it must have been. Okay, so th- this leads to my, my, my question, mm-hmm. an observation and a question, but part of this is this is just really f- unfamiliar ecclesiology, even to me, in my life and experience, w- with all of the, the leaders and missionaries and future pastors that mm-hmm. got raised up here. Yep. How was how there not somebody else here <laughs> that could do that? Well... <laughs> Uh, or, or does that just not how it worked? Like, what am, what am I missing? The, the, there were, uh, there were uh, the, the, I think one of the changes that I see is that there were not a lot of staff people in, in those days. There might have been mm. one other part-time associate pastor or something like that. Um, but most churches did not have large staffs. Uh, they had a few people uh, that uh, got paid, like the janitor. Mm-hmm. But usually there, there was uh, one pastor... Uh, who was the main pastor, and they could afford his salary, but mm. they weren't sure they could afford everybody else's, so there weren't any assistant pastors uh, until um, fairly late in that time. Now, there were starting to be, uh-huh. but um, my understanding is that, that uh, the pastors who were here under under Dr. Thomas were all volunteer. They, they came uh, to learn from him, uh-huh. and they supported themselves somehow, or their you know, wives worked, or some other thing that they would do. Because the people who got paid were him, the janitor, and the organist, and um, and I imagine they were probably looking at that point too for somebody with experience, having yes. been in that type of position. Yes. And if there was only one of those types of positions here, then nobody else could have been. That's exactly it. Okay. Yeah. So okay. there was a pastor. That okay. was your pastor. So they so they went through this two year uh, pastoral search and uh, called George Huber. That's correct. Who's George Huber? <laughs> tell me, tell me about this. Uh, he was an interesting guy. He was a professional singer. He and, was uh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he had a wonderful voice, um, and so he he uh, sang. Uh, he's a Chris, strong Christian, uh, very smart man, um, who as uh, as part of his growth uh, put himself through seminary to to kind of know what he was singing about. Huh. Um, and uh, a very, very smart man, uh, got his PhD, and, and uh, then was supporting his, his family and himself by singing. But at that point, there weren't that many places for a professional uh, Christian singer to sing and make good money at it. Mm-hmm. And he uh, gradually uh, drifted into being a pastor because that's, that's how he could make a living, hmm. um, and wound up... Um, Looking for a church and had had contacted was contacted by somebody here. I don't know who, but somebody heard about him and called him. 
Okay, so I, I just mentioned the importance of experience. So maybe I'm just making assumptions here. So he he had not previously been a pastor. He had he had done some pastoral work. Okay. Um, and he he uh, there was a point in his life he said where he uh, in smaller churches he would both preach and sing, and he he kind of did that as a uh, part of how he explained his music or the music explained the scriptures. Uh-huh. Um, and so he felt like he had some background with that. Um, but yeah, he had some experience, but not a lot. He had he had not been uh, that long in the pastorate. Okay, okay. So I, I know we we've talked about this, and maybe even to to show people a little bit about, about where we're going. Um, over the course of the next few decades, there were a successive uh, number of three different pastors mm-hmm. um, that map loosely onto the three. The next three decades, yeah, right. The eighties, mm-hmm. the nineties, and the what are we calling Hundreds. it? The aughts, <laughs> the aughts, the the two thousands. Um, okay, so Dr. Huber mapped. He, he was called here in nineteen seventy nine. Was here until the late eighties or nineteen ninety? Was that uh, correct? See, he came in seventy nine. Was here till ninety. Okay, yes, correct. Yeah. So yep. basic, basically, the the decade of the eighties. Yes. Um, so maybe before we maybe get back to him or some of the dynamics going on there. What, what was West LA like in the eighties? Like what, what was this community like during that decade? Um, it, it was, it was fairly liberal. It was fairly wild. It was fairly fun. Uh, <laughs> that was, you know, the, the, we were, my wife and I were living out here at that time and, uh, you know, it was, it was a great place to be. There was, I mean, you could, you could walk down, we, we talk about the, the promenade in Santa Monica, um, mm-hmm. which was, uh, there had been there not that long at that point. You could walk down there and and feel fairly high by the t- end of your <laughs> three block walk. <laughs> there were just so many people out there, you know, smoking uh, marijuana or, or doing something. But uh, and the UCLA campus was nearby, uh, which is you know kind of ultra liberal ground zero. Mm. Um, and the West Side itself was had a had a political stance toward uh, I think a, a very uh, liberal. Mm-hmm. Uh, sense of uh, culture and and um, governance. Uh, so the, this this church was kind of an outpost in the midst of that. Mm. Uh, it was an odd place. Uh, the next closest conservative church was out in the valley, I believe, in those days. Mm. So um, the fact that it stayed that way, it became sort of isolated. It became sort of stuck in a way that uh, the people coming here didn't like the culture around them, um, but they liked the church and they liked their church fellowship. And, 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 and to some extent, the church fellowship had, had congealed. So they'd come together. They were much more close to each other. And um, I, I think that's one of the reasons why they, the church wasn't growing and it wasn't attracting newer, younger people into it. Mm. Uh, it was because they they didn't exactly close the doors, but unless you're politics were right, you know, you weren't really welcome. Hmm. Interesting. So it, it, in the, um, through the eighties, did the membership of the church here uh, stay essentially the same? Did it decline slightly? Like, did it, you said it didn't grow. It didn't grow. It did decline slightly. Uh, it, it, it very much was the same group of people. Okay. Um, yeah, and and only toward the end of that era, 
there began to be young people who were conservative in their uh, politics and their faith who began to come into the church. There were some. It wasn't a large, it was a trickle, not uh-huh. a flood, but uh, there were some who came in, but not many. And so in during the 80s, I mean, would you say that the vast majority of people here were, they were a continuation of those that were here under Dr. Thomas? They've been here a long time, yeah. They've been here mm-hmm. a long time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, um, yeah, what, what were some of the dynamics of maybe church life or even spiritual life during those, during those years for those uh, people? The, the, the uh, event, the get-togethers, the events that happened here were for the people here. Mm. They, weren't, they weren't outreaches. Mm. Um, outreaches generally failed. Um, when we came, uh, my wife and I, for the first time, everybody was shocked to see us. And we heard over and over again, uh, thank goodness you've come. Uh, you're the first young people we've seen coming in in a long time. Mm. Um, and even the first person who met us at the door said, oh my gosh, they're coming to church. We're conservative here, you know. And I had no <laughs> idea what that <laughs> meant. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. They, they said that to you in their greeting? <laughs> yes, right. Uh, I just want to make sure he didn't cause a scene, I think, you know, uh, storming uh, out or something. I don't know. Uh, oh I don't know what they expected, but um, wow. they, yeah. So, uh, and we, we got that a lot. Um, and and huh. people would say, you know, are, are you conservative? And we would say, we don't know. We, we just became Christians. We don't know what we are. We don't, we're just, and, and nobody knew quite what to do with this. Uh, Dr. Huber was delighted Mm. delighted to see us. And uh, so the, the sense I had when I walked in the door was that this was a fairly closed group mm. uh, that would love to see somebody come in uh, as a, who's you know, not in their generation, mm-hmm. but that just wasn't happening. So that, that's really interesting because I think, you know, one of the things we touched on in the, the last was the, the lack of ethnic diversity yes. here. Um, and I'm assuming that given this, this nature, this continued, but really what you're describing is a, a distinct and intentional lack of diversity across the different ways, right? Not just an ethnic, but a political kind of life stage. Like there, there was a, uh, a a congealing homogeny during that, that, that season. Yes. There was, I think a real desire to have younger people, whatever that meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 younger than them mm-hmm. uh, in the church, but uh, they were looking for the right kind of younger people and they weren't showing up. Mm. Uh, we were surprised that there were a few people who were not uh, Caucasian mm. in the room. Uh, not many, but there were some. And we were especially surprised that uh, one family was, was Japanese because we just fought a war with them, right? Mm. And so we, we were surprised at them. Um, so, so there were these little anomalies, mm-hmm. but um, the majority of the, con- uh, the congregation that was here mm. were older uh, from that uh, 40s era and, and uh, Caucasian. Mm. Yeah. Now, so, so I mean, we, we, we can talk about the, the demographics. We can talk about, you know, the kind of holdover and the cultural dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I'm, you know, this is still, it's still the church. Yes. Right? And the Lord is working in different ways and yes. in, in these people, what, what are, I don't know, in talking with people about that time, um, were there any things that stood out about time ways that the Lord was working during that, that season in the life of the church? That's a very good question. No, I'll tell you what, what we, 
what uh, my wife and I saw. Um, we're, we both grew up in churches. We, we knew the Bible. We knew, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We, we, we understood church, uh, but neither of us had been in church in a long time. Basically, my wife stopped going to church at, when she graduated from high school. They handed her a Bible on the way out the door, which she threw in a trunk and never opened again. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, been part of uh, church life in college, uh, but not really as a believer, uh, really more as a manipulator and exploiter. <laughs> Cute girls, you know, in those places. So I was looking it, for dates. For the record, if you want to hear more, I think we, I think we did a, 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 um, a testimony podcast. I think we did. That, that, that we told some of this story. So people can like can go back and, and listen to that. But <laughs> it's quite a, quite a journey. If you do, please don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> I lived those days once just to record it. And that's it. <laughs> no, we, we were, we, we, I think, uh, were peculiarly suited to go in there because mm. we, we knew church culture, um, but we really were only went in because we felt compelled by our new faith to be, uh, be with other believers. Mm. And so we, we kind of pushed ourselves in the door. Um, I, and I think that that was uh, totally uh, a, a God thing. I, I don't think I have a view so much as someone else might of what an impact it made for two people like us to walk in the door. Mm. Uh, they had seen nobody but themselves for a very long time. Mm. And uh, so uh, we were a bit uh, embarrassed by the, uh, the way people looked at us the and talked to us and the yeah. attention and all that. Um, it, it, it wasn't too long before other people started walking in the door too. Hmm. So I think part of it was uh, George Huber. I think part of it was the same thing happening to other people that happened to us. Uh, some kind of uh, twist in, the, in our culture as we got all got older that made people think there's gotta be something more. Um, but it was, it was a slow, very slow process. So it was only, I remember like three years later, something that we were able to put together uh, a study group of about six of us. Mm-hmm. So slow going. Yeah. But that, that was, it seems to me, something God, uh, it was a God thing. Mm-hmm. So I want you to tell me a little bit more about Dr. Huber. Um, but before we do that, I, I'd love to ask, who, what are some of the other personalities or people um, that stood out to you during those early years, your first, first years here that left uh, an impression on you? Oh, gosh. Uh, the, the thing, uh, I think uh, m- my wife got the better end of it. I think uh, women came around her very quickly, and uh, she, uh, she liked that. She mm-hmm. liked older women and, and uh, felt like, you know, they were kind of mothering her in, in some way. Uh, for me, uh, the men were, were odd. Uh, they were, they didn't have the same interests I had. They didn't have any cultural connections to what I was connected to. Uh, if we saw a movie, they had never seen it. They, you know, in some ways they'd never seen a color movie. That's a little exaggeration. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, the, I remember going to a breakfast and, uh, with, it was a men's breakfast. And I looked around and there was all older men and me and um, nobody knew what to talk to me about. I wound up sitting at a table by myself 
because I think people would come up and make a brief comment or something like that, but I don't think any of them knew what to say. So uh, the first time somebody showed up who was more my age, and I remember who that was, uh, I was, I grabbed onto him and I said, you know, let's, let's, let's sit together, okay? <laughs> and uh, just talk. Uh, so gradually that was being broken down. Um, but uh, it, was, it was a very odd time, and I thought it was a very odd church and a very odd situation. But Dr. Huber was all over us and, and welcoming and glad to see us, not surprisingly, mm. and uh, very interested in getting us involved, connected into the church very quickly, mm. and put uh, me on, on the door uh, so that anybody else who came in who was our age would see at least one person their age <laughs> at the door. Uh, it was very weird. But I'm greeting people to the church that I barely know myself. There I am. So, and it worked. People began to come. All right. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about Dr. Huber, about his, yeah, his his ministry, his his heart. What that time was. He had a wonderful heart. His wife was wonderful as well. Um, He had uh, intended to be a professional musician, and Mm -hmm. he got a PhD in music, and uh, uh, would break into song at the, you know, I mean, he'd be singing, having a, preaching a sermon, he'd break into to, to song mm. at some point. But- uh, I, We could get, we could get Brian to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we could. That would be interesting. And everybody was- coming I mean, off. Matt does it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. Huber could sing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Uh, so, but, and he was, he had a beautiful, deep, deep voice uh-huh. and um, he just loved, loved to sing. Um, so uh, he was an interesting fellow, but he's a very, very bright guy um, and was really looking for people to disciple. Mm. Uh, he'd preach on Sunday, but it, the, he really came alive um, discipling. And he made a connection with uh, the uh, seminary in uh, Portland, which name I'm Western? Gonna, Western Seminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the beginning of, of uh, uh, this whole thing of using uh, uh, a variety of ways to teach people. So in those days, uh, they had uh, videotapes of classes, and they would ship you the videotapes, this big, huge box of videotapes. Mm. And you would be looking in, uh, from the back of the room through past the, the students at the teacher, and, and he'd be talking. And that was a class, and you just were like part of the class. And then he would shut the video off, uh, and then he would talk to us about that, and we would have readings. So that was my beginning of a, quote, seminary in a very strange kind of distant way. But um, that's where I began to learn a whole lot. And he had about six of us in there at that point, so it was a nice little class. Hmm. But um, I think um, somehow he connected with me. I don't know particularly why, but... He really seemed to focus on uh, me and my wife and and uh, our spiritual growth. I think it excited him. I think it was mm. for his soul more than for mine that mm. he did that. Uh, so I got I got a lot of attention, mm. and I was working you know nearby, and it's very easy to be here for evenings and meetings. So well, so I, I'm always interested at how this looks, what discipleship looks like in different eras and in different places, yeah. and. I think even just the ways that it informs um, us and can get us out of some of our our ruts. So, what what did that consist of? Like, what what did discipleship? If if Dr. Huber was discipling you during those mm-hmm. years, what what did that 
what did that consist of? It consists of watching classes on video and then discussing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what, what did that look like? There was a thing, what was it called? The Navigator 2.7, something or other. There, there was some kind of very popular program out. Um, and there are several of those. I don't know if there are today or not. I, don't, mm. I haven't seen any in a long time, but uh, they are packaged programs that you could, you could put together. Okay. And you didn't have to have a, you know, experienced leader. You just filled in the blanks, basically. Um, and so um, we, we went through oh, probably three of those. Um, and then he tried to start a class where he would meet with us, and, and um, that didn't go too well uh, <laughs> uh, for a number of reasons. But I think one of them was, there, I think there were only three of us in it began. It was just like it was too small. Uh-huh. Uh, not too long after he'd been here, I think a year or two, he had, uh, had to have heart surgery. Oh. And so suddenly, uh, it was fairly serious. He was out for about, I don't know, four or four months. I think the entire summer he was gone. Um, and so that, that caused, uh, uh, there was a, like a leadership gap at the top. So, uh, that was, that was an issue. Mm. We had guests pastors. Um, we had uh, no uh, classes at that point or no, no studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not supposed to do anything, but uh, he called my wife and me and said, I want, you, I want to know how you're doing, so come over and see me. Give me a visit. And so he got up and got dressed for the visit, which he wasn't supposed to do. And just, <laughs> you know, it's just really sweet. But uh, it was a very difficult time with, with uh, him in this church trying to get it going again, and then having about three months where he was basically flat on his back. Wow. So during those, during that time in maybe the life of the church and maybe even churches generally, it seems like that 10 or 11 year stint was a a fairly long time. I thought so. I thought it was a very difficult time. More and more people in my age group who were there uh, were critical of him. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, because he refused to move the church forward or, you know, uh, change the worship service or change the, the, the way the church is run. He kept the model. Because the reason Dr. he Thomas got hired was as a defender of the old guard. Yes, right. Yeah. And so we had okay. four boards and, you know, 87 commissions and all, <laughs> just all kinds of governance over the church. Mm. And uh, which is very hard to do because you had to keep appointing to people to all those. And, and uh, some of them have been in those roles for decades. Um, and so people come, uh, young people coming in had no, no way to get into the church. They were the mm. wrong age group. Or if, even if they were on a committee, they were on there basically as a trainee, even though they may have been in their mid-20s and a lawyer or something like that. There was <laughs> yeah. like, you know. So it was, it was, a, it was a transition that was... Uh, that he knew needed to happen, wanted to do, was being criticized for not making it happen, but all the parameters were in place for it not to happen. Everything worked against it. Mm. So it, it wasn't just that there were changes he was resistant to making himself, but it was, was it more him or his, in his leadership or was it more the system that yeah. wasn't going to, wasn't set up to, it is the to latter. change? Yeah, he, he very much saw the need to change. And he admitted that, you know, since he was actually of an older generation, it was hard for him to be able to do mm. that. He really needed... So he kept trying to bring in assistant pastors who were younger 
but they'd take a look at the church and wouldn't stay. Mm. So uh, it, it was a, it was kind of an unsolvable, self you know crushing mm. uh, dilemma. And uh, he was getting the blame for it. And I think that may have been, I mean, he already had heart problems, but that may have been why he had to have surgery. I think he was being worn out by the, the uh, uh, criticism and the, the impatience with the uh, church, with his leadership. Mm. So it's, it was a very uh, mm. difficult and heartbreaking situation. And then, okay, so, well, right, so I, I want to ask about the, the end of that, but before yeah. I do, I, I feel like I've, gotten a good picture of why what what brought you here in the first place what brought you and your wife here in the first place and, yeah. um and a good picture of why in those early years you you stayed because of you know, his investment yes um what what kept you here over the long term <laughs> like like what you know i mean you you do that for 3 4 5 7 years yeah. but what what, yeah, what, what, what is it that kept you here? <sighs> Boy, I, in, in my sense of myself, did not want to stay. I had been in one career. Um, I was, I transitioned to another career almost by default. Um, awkward story because just a quick version. Uh, I, the, the organization I was with, wanted a counselor. Uh, they knew I was interested in, in doing a degree in counseling, so they sent me to uh, get a master's degree in, in uh, counseling so I could come back and be a counselor for them. Uh, and in the process of doing that, uh, their attorney advised against it as a liability. And so I wound up being paid this in, incredible salary, really good salary, <laughs> to sit at a desk and do nothing. <laughs> and so Dr. Huber said, well, as long as you're sitting around, why don't you come be a counselor at the church? Um, and the, the background for that is there was a guy who was a psychiatrist at the church who, who tried to set up a counseling center, uh, but it didn't work. And uh, he got a better job offer, and so he left. And so it was just you know, handed over to me as this hmm. counseling area. So um, right away, I wound up with about uh, eight people who wanted counseling like the first week. And uh, the list grew from there. Um, so he that that was something that people really liked and wanted. And so in a, in a sense, in a sense uh, both for him and for me, that that seemed to work out very well. Mm. Um, but uh, it was it was like it was too late for him. Mm. Um, and um, he was my mentor, and so it was particularly difficult for me when he said. You know, I have to leave. I can't take this anymore. And it's too hard on my wife. I've got to go. Mm. So um, the only thing that anybody knew to do was to ask me to take his position. So I wound up doing that. And that, I think, as much as anything else, uh, the act of that broke his heart, not because he didn't like me and think that was great, but because he felt he had put me in an awkward position that he had created or was unable to solve on his own. Mm. It was really just heartbreaking all the way around. So, so in 1990, when he when he left, he, yes. did did he retire? Did he go? No, to he a, took another church. Took another church. Yeah, and and a part of it was just how how difficult the church was on him and his wife. That's what. Yes, it was. It it grew worse and worse. It grew. Let let me back up just a touch. The okay. the the people who are younger. 
uh-huh. uh, began to criticize him uh, uh, in, in the church at large. Um, and finally, the, uh, the board got together to say, all right, let's hear, hear this all out. And there was a meeting at which I was uh, sadly there, um, where they got up, uh, several of them, and just berated him for his uh, poor teaching, for his uh, uh, silly ways he talks, for his bad jokes, for his bursting into song at every occasion. Uh, just took him apart. Like, but, but on like surface level performance evaluation type stuff? Well, I guess I mean, you'd call it that. I don't know. I mean, like, it doesn't sound like a theological disagreement. Uh, well, they, they thought that his theology was old fashioned, oh. but that was one amongst many complaints. Huh. But the main ones, I think, were that he wasn't bringing in any younger people. Got it. So we had to go. Um, and the, the uh, board didn't have a clue what to do with all that. They very much wanted these very people to be in the church. And so they turned, I believe, on him. Mm. Uh, and that was just a heartbreaking meeting. Um, it was one of, I believe, three that, uh, where he just was, was raked over the coals. Mm. Um, that, I think, played into his heart problems, and that's what, part, and that's what caused him ultimately to leave, mm. taking on the church. It was just too hard on him and his wife. Mm. So we left. And uh, that was a blow to me. Um, I was asked at that point to be the interim pastor. I'm running a counseling center. <laughs> and <laughs> so that was very strange as well. You're like, I definitely want to step into the, uh, in, yeah, yeah, into the aim of all yes, these right, people that right. just chased all him. All these telescopic sights pointed at, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at my forehead. Oh. Yes, exactly right. Uh, and it was, it was a very difficult uh, couple of years. But I, I think, and I maintained contact with them. They're, they were in a church um, in Las Vegas for a couple of years, and they moved back east. But uh, for a couple of years there, I was able to drive over and spend some time with them. And um, they were, they were, they never recovered from that. They were just very disheartened mm. and just broke my heart. He's still alive, and he's still, uh, we still correspond. Wow. I wonder if we, I wonder if we could talk to him. Interesting. It would be. It would it be. It might be fun. Um, so part of this is, you know, the, the, the context and the culture and the structure and the political kind of, you know, machinations of the, of the church. What, at, at that point, the end of the 80s, mm-hmm. the late 80s, what, what was the, how would you describe the spiritual status of the church? It was, well, I think I have to be careful here because part of that was I was prejudiced having been an insider and seeing well, what okay, was going that's, on. Okay, that's, that's fair. Having, yeah. having your mentor be treated that way, it's probably hard to, yes. to, to evaluate that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, I will tell you this. Nobody wanted to come to this church. Nobody wanted to take this church. The reason it took so long to get someone. As a pastor. Yes, was because the word was out on this church, that it's a divided church and that there's a very articulate group that uh, is highly critical. And, um, and, and there are actually a lot of churches around like that, but um, yeah. the, the word was out on this church, so nobody wanted to come and they couldn't get any candidates to apply here uh, for the longest time. And, and um, that I think was, uh, in, in some sense, 
I was not unhappy with that. I thought okay, we, we got what we deserved in, in some way. Um, so uh, that, that I think I had this vindictive sense that it was, you know, my, I was bitter inside and I broke my heart and um, didn't know uh, how to handle that uh, because the criticism then fell to me. But um, I think the, the thing that really the church missed was uh, that, that uh, Dr. Huber had this wonderful, deep heart. Uh, he would call me often and just say, how are you doing, praying for you? What's going on there? You know, let me know uh -huh. how to pray. Uh, you're a good man. You're, you're, you're smart. You're doing fine. Don't worry about what they say. Um, and, uh, that, uh, that was, those were huge, uh, encouragements to me, huge encouragements. And there are a few people in the church who weren't in that and would, would, uh, would, uh, tell me that they, they liked the way it was going and that we were, I was holding it together and good yeah. job and all that. Yeah. But we, we lost people, um, and uh, off, sadly the wrong people mm. often happens in churches. Yeah. Uh, the complainers stay and the, the ones who are are happy with the church leave because they're not happy anymore. Mm. So it was a tough time. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the damage you did to the Fubers though, I think broke my heart. They were wonderful people mm. and still are. Mm. And he was a, he was an incredibly good teacher and preacher. Mm. Could, um, I'm sure there's a lot to say there. And I think there's a, it is, heartbreaking in a number of ways. I think we're going to transition okay. kind of through that, <laughs> through that uh, interim phase. And maybe we'll pick up there and talk a little bit more about what that interim phase was like for you next time and, and get into um, the next decade, into, yes. the, into the 90s. Yeah. Um, looking back on that time in the 80s, I think there's a lot of difficulty, a lot of heartbreak. Yes. Um, I, I want to ask you... You were also here meeting with people, yes. doing counseling. Yes. Still here, still here as a, you know, as a Christian. What, could you pinpoint one or two things that you saw the Lord doing during that, during the, the 80s in the midst of, and maybe in spite of, the political maneuvering among some and the, and the heartbreak? Um, I don't want to put you in a position where you have to say no, but, <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would love to, uh, uh, yeah, as we, as we wrap up, is there, yeah, anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I, I would say this, um, you, you can, if you're in a situation like that, and, and if you're listening to this, may you never be, uh, but, but most of us are in some way, uh, there's someone somewhere in that uh, that has uh, a, a good perspective uh, on uh, what's going on. Um, and I didn't always look for that person, but every once in a while, somebody would say something and I'd say, you're, uh, what's the British, British phrase? You're, you're bang on. Mm -hmm. you, you, you see it right. I, I, you correct my view. I'm mm -hmm. too mad at these people and I'm, I'm also mad at them because these, these people aren't supporting me. But you've got it right. There, there's a, there's a spiritual lack here of one kind and a spiritual lack here of another kind. Um, and then I, I would think about that and like, I can, I can preach on that. I can, I can, that's, that's preachable. And, and it, mm. if, if they'll listen, it might make a difference. Who knows? 
but at least I, I have a, a way to fight back and say uh, something spiritual, something scriptural, uh, something helpful that might be taken on. Um, th- it helped me greatly that there were just a few people who were in that mode and were you know, willing to just uh, quietly and, and solidly confirm me in mm. that. Um, and uh, it gave me the strength to fight back. Um, and every once in a while, someone would come along who would um, wind up in a position of um, uh, some kind of authority and use it to push. And uh, that gave, gave me a little more room to maneuver or to, to make some changes and move people around to places where they weren't so... Um, powerful or so aggravating, bringing new people in. Uh, those kinds of changes, I think, prepared the way for the next uh, pastor to come in. Mm. So uh, I think even though the situation looks hopeless, I think you know, there, there's this sense that, that I can trust that God's working behind the scenes somewhere. Yeah. I may not see him, but he's out doing something right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, I'm working through, it sounds like even just this, this, this faithful remnant um, yeah. that we're seeing him clearly. And that he used to, in a sense, preserve uh, the way. Yeah. The, the way forward and, and maybe prepare the way. I would say one other thing if I can. Yeah. The church was stuck because the, the culture in it was stuck. These were the same people that had been there for decades now. Mm. Uh, new people had no way to get in. Um, it happened that uh, there were some people who were very tolerant of the older people, but were had newer ideas uh, that could sell those ideas, and 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 um, that was another thing that, that amazed me that uh, somehow I wasn't doing anything, and I had two groups of people who were belligerently stuck in where they were and wanted to stay there, and uh, these these people came in to be a, a fairly significant group who, in various ways, uh, saw the need for the church to, to move ahead mm. and began to persuade these two groups, uh, one to quiet down and the other to let go, mm. let go of the 1940s and let's move forward. Mm. And uh, the, God worked in the background. Um, and I, I, I didn't know it, but I saw the results of it. Mm. Uh, I think it was a tremendous lesson for me to, you know, you're in the middle of the fire but there's there's this something going on around you that God's doing. Just stay there for a minute, and God will fix it. And or if not, I don't know. But that's what happened to me, and it was very encouraging, mm-hmm. very very encouraging. Mm-hmm. So, for what it's worth, what an what an interesting decade, oh. fascinating decade in so many different ways. <laughs> uh, the eighties, um, yeah. We've entered into my life now. I, I, I was I was alive. I wasn't here, but I was. Uh, but <laughs> yet, that's right. So, um, well, thanks, Jim. Thanks oh. for your your insight, your perspective. Thanks for your perseverance, <laughs> and for the ways in which the Lord, um, yeah, has used you even in that season. I'm excited to to hear a little bit more about what the that interim season looked like and what the the season of the '90s brought. Yes. In the life of the church. Yes. How God changed the church around. This is great. Oh, I love it. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks. Look forward to that next time. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for being a part of this story being written. Indeed. Now, we love you. And we'll see you on Sunday.